Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. It's wonderful to be in the Lord's house on this Sunday. Life is a voyage, and every voyage has its happenings. There is adventure, the taking in of sights and sounds, experiences, and encounters. We so readily welcome the good. We rejoice when the waters are favorable, calm, and peace as we cut through the sea. Yet life's voyage is not free of storms and troubled waters. It's a part of life. It's a part of the voyage. The disciples were out on the sea, and we pick up the text, beginning at verse 22. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. The message paraphrase, as soon as the meal was finished, he insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the people. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them, and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. They were scared to death. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. Storms can have us seeing ghosts. A part of life, a part of the journey, a part of the voyage. They can mess with our vision, mess with our view of Jesus, our recognition of Jesus, our identifying of Jesus our acknowledgement of Jesus, causing us to see things amiss. You know, here's Jesus in the fourth watch of the night walking on the sea, walking towards his disciples' vessel in the midst of a storm, these troubled waters, walking towards a boat far out at sea, battered, battered by the waves. The record, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. The NLT reads, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. For a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost. When they should have been seeing Jesus, 
They were seeing a ghost. Storms can mess with our vision. They're a part of the journey, a part of life. We so readily welcome the good when all is calm and peace. When they should have been seeing Jesus, they were seeing a ghost. I wonder, was it because no man had walked on water? The sheer impossibility of this happening being real? I'm sure they never expected this. But a word to us today. Be encouraged. Jesus is the one who comes to us when we are in troubled waters. He sees our vessel, feels the battering of the waves. He knows the toil. You see, Jesus sent them out, and he is faithful to those he has sent. Let us be encouraged today. Take courage today. We must have a spirit of faith knowing the manner of our Jesus. He is the one who comes to us walking on the water in the midst of the storm. Perhaps a word to someone in this room today, or perhaps a word to many, don't let the storm mess with vision. A spirit of faith and expectation. Remember the account of the disciples and cry out, Jesus! Remember this ghost story? Matthew 14, 25 to 33. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. That is, take heart. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat, came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The Lord knows our weakness. We believe. Lord, help our unbelief. He's so kind. If it is you, Lord, Lord, if it is you, And he responds with, come. I want to ask a question today. Are we surprised that Jesus would come to us in the time of storm? Right there in the midst of storm. Far out at sea. The waves battering our vessel. The Lord called Peter out of the boat, and Peter begins walking on water. Imagine walking on the stormy waters. The New King James Version, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. You know, if we'd only keep our eyes on Jesus... If we'd only keep our focus 
on Jesus. For when we take our eyes off Jesus and set our eyes on the characteristics of the storm, fear grips and we begin to sink. A supernatural walk sinks. And if this is where we are at today, cry out. Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Bible says, Psalm 107, verse 29, He calms the storm so that its waves are still. The Lord is so kind, and yet He speaks words of truth that we might increase in faith, that doubt might be put away from us. Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Let's trust Him, knowing that He is faithful to come to us on the stormy waters of life. Let's put our faith in Him. Let's walk with Him above the storm, keeping our eyes on Him. Eyes on Him even in the eye of the storm. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus. Isn't it true? And so quickly we can find ourselves shifting our focus. And we're focusing on the characteristics of the storm rather than on the character and characteristics of the one who is king, king above the storm. As we follow Jesus, we will live this ghost story. We will know time and times like this. So let's remember the story on the pages of the Bible. It's no ghost. It's Jesus. Well, how about another ghost story? You know, if your children ever ask for one to be told, deliver to them the divine. Luke 24, beginning at verse 15. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. <laughs> Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. Then he said to them, 
Oh, foolish, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You know, Jesus had died on the cross. Jesus was buried in a tomb. And on the third day, Jesus Christ rose from the grave, having conquered sin and death. Hallelujah. The triumphant one, the victorious one, Jesus. Our only hope is Jesus. the perfect sinless Son of God, the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of our world, of your world. Christ had to suffer. It was necessary that he die in order to fulfill the mission the mission his father sent him on, the greatest rescue mission. Verses 28 to 35, then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. You know, it's so true. We come to know him in the breaking of bread. Eyes opened, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the Scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven. And those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And he told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Verses 36 to 43, Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit. The Voice Bible reads, they're startled and terrified. They think they're seeing a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see, I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and he ate in their presence. Now here is the risen Christ. The triumphant one, the victorious one in the midst of them, speaking peace to them, and they're terrified and frightened. So many questions and feelings surrounding what had taken place. But here he is appearing to them. They're seeing a ghost. Philip's New Testament, they shrank back in terror 
for they thought they were seeing a ghost. Jesus Christ indeed rose again. It was no ghost, it was Jesus appearing to them on the other side of the death, burial, and resurrection, showing himself to them. He says, handle me. Put your hands on the risen Christ. Well, let's read a little further in this text. It will set us on the way to his story with the real ghost in it. Verses 44 to 49, then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. May I make it your prayer, Jesus, open our understanding that we might comprehend. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. O Canada, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Would they be obedient? Would they go? Would they tarry? Well, the good news is they went as directed, and they tarried. For Jesus said he was sending the promise. And Jesus said that there would be an undoing with power. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this noise, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. They were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we are born? We skip down in the text. We do hear them. We hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking. There's always been the mockers. Others mocking said these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. Receive the word today. 
And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The story is real. The Holy Ghost is real. And we so desperately need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The story for every believer. All were filled with the Holy Ghost. The word went out, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The New Testament church was never to exist without the Holy Ghost. In fact, without the Holy Ghost, it wouldn't be the church Jesus had in mind. I mean, how can we miss it? It's the birthplace of the New Testament church. How can people miss it? How can denominations miss it? But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. It's a day to insert yourself into this ghost story. to get filled with the Holy Ghost, to receive a tongue of fire, to receive power from on high, dynamite power. Listen, it was Jesus that said, wait. It was Jesus that said, tarry until the promise comes. It doesn't matter what we've been told or what theology we walked into this room with this morning. We've read the text. We've come to an understanding of what is in the book and we can leave here and try and dissect it and change it and downplay it, twist the story so it fits our experience or lack thereof. But the fact remains that Jesus knew what his church needed, he knew what every believer needed. And that's why he said, wait. And that's why he said, Terry, until. What's the timeline, Lord? We all like to know wait times. Terry times. To see. If it fits the schedule, if we're willing to wait, we need this ghost story. We need to live this ghost story that it takes hold of us and takes control of us. You know that we need the Holy Ghost to really live? If we took the time and went around this room this morning, I can only imagine the stories, where it took place, how it took place. For many in this room have their own Holy Ghost story. Don't be ashamed of the story. Spread the news that the Holy Ghost is real. Jesus was concerned that the promise 
be recognized, realized. And that his church, sons and daughters, that every single person would know that the promise is real, that the story's true, and that it's not just for a select group of believers, but it's for every, every person. You know, I know that When the Holy Ghost is in action, the miraculous takes place. I know the power of the Holy Ghost. I've seen it. I've felt it. Encountered it. Things happen, miracles and the miraculous, when people get filled. Like the testimony of a woman used mightily of God. The woman, Jackie Pullinger. The true story of how one woman's faith resulted in the conversion of hundreds of drug addicts, prostitutes, and hardened criminals in Hong Kong's infamous walled city. She tells of many examples of when addicts were filled with the Holy Ghost. The addiction broke and they were set free right there. Oh, it's possible. It's real. Listen to her words. We began with one resident, but within a few weeks had increased to six, and more were clamoring for admission. As each boy arrived, the miracle was repeated. He came to Christ and came off drugs painlessly when he prayed in the language of the Spirit. It was so hard to refuse them admission when we knew how simple it was to come off drugs with Jesus' power. I mean, why are we trying to come up with a new method? Isn't it madness? She shares of a particular account. His rank in the 14K triad was number 426, which meant he had the special rank of fix fighter, a fight fixer. His job was to fix the fights, choose the weapons, the location, and the strategy. He was a very tough triad indeed. And yet, there he was, standing inside my club, praising God at the top of his voice. He was belting out solo, give me oil in my lamp, as loudly as he could. And as he had no idea how to sing, it was an amazing noise, a wonderful burst of tuneless sound. Then he began to pray in Chinese. Mercifully, he had never heard anyone praying before. So it came out quite spontaneously. I have never since listened to such a joyous prayer. I kept thinking, where did he get that from? Although, of course, I knew. It was an extraordinary session. For next, he began praising God in a new language. This was even more surprising, as he had never heard about the gift from me, nor to my knowledge, had he heard anyone else speaking in tongues. After about half an hour, he stopped. The miracle had taken place. He and I knew that he was completely cured of his drug addiction. He had come through withdrawal as he prayed. Give me that old-time religion. I love to hear ghost stories. Holy ghost stories. Are you here today in the midst of a storm? Your vessel, your ship, your world, your life, your family, your home, your marriage, your finances, 
Your business being rocked by troubled waters. Expect to see Jesus. Expect to see Jesus there. Expect to see him coming to you, walking on the waters. A spirit of faith and expectation. Don't let the storm mess with your vision. Start causing you to see things amiss. Questioning who he is. And when Jesus approaches on the waters, though it seems impossible that he would come to you, considering circumstance, know that it's him. Don't let the storm mess with vision, with recognition of Jesus, the identifying of Jesus, and the acknowledgement of Jesus. Expect to see him there. He is king over storms. I ask today, do you know the risen Christ? Perhaps there are those in this room that do not know Jesus. It's not a ghost story. Jesus really did rise from the grave. And hear the word of the Lord today. Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? He would speak peace to you today, the peace that surpasses all human understanding, peace that changes everything, peace with the Father, the Heavenly Father, peace made possible through a suffering Messiah that died on the cross for you, was buried in a tomb and rose victorious, triumphant on the third day. I would say to you today, trade your trouble. Let faith arise in your heart. Accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It's not just a story. It's true history. The world would like to tell us that Jesus is something less. Cults would like to tell us that Jesus is something less. So-called religions define Jesus as something less. But Jesus is the Son of God. He came to earth and he died after living a sinless, perfect life. He died for us. He died for the one. He died for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. You came in here, and right now, on your back, you got a pile of sins, a pile of regrets, a pile of troubles, an addiction, a rebellious heart, a spirit of pride, or perhaps you came in here and you think you have no weight. But without Jesus, that weight will one day crush you. whether in this life or when you pass from this life. For the Bible is clear that it's once appointed for man to live, once appointed for man to die, and then the judgment. We will all stand before God on our own to give account for everything we've ever done. I've said it before. You say, well, how do you know heaven and hell is real? Well, you know what? I'm not willing to gamble that is the most reckless form of gambling. And really, it's stupid. It's complete foolishness. Without Jesus, the end is grim. I wonder, have you had your ghost story? Your holy ghost story? I share these words. In both the Old and New Testaments, the Holy Ghost fell upon people in the most unusual ways. He shook buildings. 
People's tongues began to praise him in new tongues. The Holy Ghost took full control. At Pentecost, he came with the mighty rushing wind. Fire fell when the Holy Ghost came down. When the Holy Ghost comes down, things get shaken up. John the Baptist preached, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You see, there was an anticipation of what was to come, an expectation. Beloved, the Bible makes it very clear when Jesus comes to you, he desires to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. The Holy Ghost brings fire, a red-hot, consuming love for Jesus. Why are so many believers hot one minute and then cold the next, never totally yielded, never sold out? Is it because they refuse to let Jesus baptize them with the Holy Ghost? When the Holy Ghost has come, he will reprove of sin. Could it be that these believers are not convicted because the Holy Ghost has not yet been invited to take his rightful place in them? He is God's plumb line. Anything that does not measure up to Christ, he reveals. And he convicts us and empowers us to conform to his word. Truly, he becomes our comforter in this. Because as he convicts us of sin, he empowers us to forsake it. That is true comfort. The Holy Ghost will never make you do anything stupid. But he may come upon you in such a way that sinners may think you are drunk. He is not welcome in many churches because he is thought to be too noisy, too upsetting, too unpredictable. You can, by faith, receive the Holy Ghost today. The baptism for every believer. It's the desire of Jesus concerning you. The Bible is clear. Repent, be baptized. Baptized in water. Next Sunday a.m. There's a class right after I'm finished. For thus... It is fitting to fulfill all righteousness, that's what the text says, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's still the way of the Lord. Yes, let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord, James 1, 6-7. Have you asked God for this gift? Are you seeking the Holy Ghost? Are you continually knocking? Well, how long do I have to wait? How long do I have to tarry? Leave that up to Him. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to them that ask Him? Simply ask and you will receive. Seek your heavenly Father for the baptism of the Holy Ghost and he will give it to you. We face a mad devil on the loose in our world today. He is unleashing all the power at his command and legions of evil powers are digging in for the final conflict with heaven. But Satan cannot stand up to a righteous, Holy Ghost-filled child of God who walks in faith and obedience. Show me a truly Holy Ghost-possessed believer, and I'll show you one who puts the legions of hell to chase. God, send the Holy Ghost, fall upon us, baptize us mightily, and send us forth against satanic strongholds with an uncompromising faith that he will prevail in our day. That's the church we need today. The repentant, the baptized, the Holy Ghost filled, the Holy Ghost empowered, those with the dynamite power that Jesus knew we needed to accomplish the last day's work. Not running things by the arm of the flesh, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We need the Holy Ghost. 
Not new message. What happens when we lose our way? You know, sometimes you need to go back to the beginning. Find your way once again. Let's have the worship team come. You know, if you'd like prayer today, the altar is open. Come. If you'd like to give your Jesus today, give your life to Jesus today, I'm going to encourage you to step out of your seat. Come to the front. Someone would love to pray with you. If you'd like prayer for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you just want to come to the front. I know we're a little over time. We're just going to take a few moments here in closing. You say, I want to just come to the front. I just want to wait. I want to tarry. I'm going to push out hindrance and distraction and get alone with the Lord right now. Luke 24, 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Acts 1, 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Acts 19, 2-6, And he said to them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Well, we've heard today that there is a Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Next Sunday a.m. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. This Holy Ghost story is true. It's real. It's for everyone. You know, sometimes when you tell people a story, they just don't believe it. Even though it's true, they hear the story and it falls on deaf ears. Or they hear it and they say, it's impossible. It's not real. I've never experienced that. I've never encountered that. And that's what happens so often in the faith. Because of experience or lack of experience, we discredit things. And we remove them from our Christianity. A.B. Simpson said the chief danger of the church today is that it is trying to get on the same side as the world instead of turning the world upside down. Our master expects us to accomplish results even if they bring opposition and conflict. Anything is better than compromise, apathy, and paralysis. God give us an intense cry for the old-time power of the gospel and the Holy Ghost. Oh, we're a sophisticated generation. We figured out new methods and means. Well, A.B. Simpson said, Have we forgotten that there is a Holy Ghost? That we must insist upon walking on crutches when we might fly? Smith Wigglesworth, life comes after you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Get down and pray for power. You can do it right now, right where you're at. You don't have to come to the front. Get down and pray for power. Leonard Ravenhill said, Do the Pentecostals look back with shame as they remember when they dwelt across the theological tracks, but with the glory of the Lord in their midst? When they had normal church life, nights of prayer, signs and wonders, diverse miracles and genuine gifts of the Holy Ghost, when they were not clock watchers, and their meetings lasted for hours, saturated with holy power. Have we no tears for these memories or shame that our children know nothing of such power? A form of godliness, but no power. Let's stand in the house today. Spurgeon said, my brethren, do you believe in the Holy Ghost? 
Have we such a reliance upon the Holy Ghost? Do we believe that at this moment he can clothe us with power, even as he did at Pentecost? Do we believe that under our preaching and by his energy, a thousand might be born in a day? Lord, you see those that are beginning to wait in this house right now. You see those that are crying out for power. He says, Terry, my people, wait on the Lord for this strength, this power for this baptism. Lord, send the fire. Lord, you see those in the midst of the storm today toiling. Lord, begin to walk to them on the water. Lord, you see those today that are making a decision to follow you, to surrender their lives. Tired of doing their own thing and walking their own way. Lord, in this moment, those that are being convicted of their sin, those in this place to realize they have no hope, that they need you, Jesus. Those that are spurning their pride. Lord, you so readily accept them on the basis of repentance you gift them with salvation today the grace of God Lord I pray that by the text we've read today they would see just how kind you are how good you are that the goodness of the Lord the kindness of the Lord would lead to repentance in these moments draw hearts draw us Lord draw us Lord Draw us, Lord. God, for those that are crying out, for those in this place that are bound by addiction, I pray, Lord, that as they begin to surrender their life to you and as they begin to open themselves up, Lord, that you would fill them with this baptism of the Holy Ghost and power, that the utter ones would flow, that addiction would break in this house in the presence of the Lord. They look at it as a mountain, but the mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. We declare freedom in the name of Jesus. You shall be endued with power from on high. Lord, send these out as mighty witnesses in these last days, O oh God. Oh, Lord, we surrender. Come on, just press in for a few moments, church. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you have the utterance of speaking in tongues, we just begin to speak out in this house. Just begin to let the utterance flow in these moments. If you need to come to the altar, step out of your seat this morning. Lord, we speak out. We speak out, Lord.